to first say my name is josh uh i own a bookstore and we have recorded about 40 minutes so far and ingrid just deleted all of it <laughs> and admittedly the majority of it was things that were going to be bloopers because this has not been going well but there were some good bloopers in there <laughs> there was some good there was some good stuff there were i'm so sorry <laughs> it's okay uh anyway uh why is this called ex libris ingrid Okay, so we decided to call it Ex Libris for two reasons, um, two fairly obvious reasons. Uh, the first is that we are exes. Um, we dated a few years ago, off and on, mostly off, mostly off. Um, just kidding, I love you. Um, and uh, the second reason is that we are both book professionals. Uh, Josh manages bookmarks. Um, I used a new bookstore in downtown Springfield and I manage a unnamed library branch, um, also in Springfield. Um, we, and that makes us technically qualified, right? Um, although I did run the name by the guests at your the last reading you had at the bookstore, and it was like crickets, just crickets. So now I'm feeling really insecure. Um, but we can't go back now because we've recorded up to two minutes of this podcast. There is no going back. Um, and so, yeah, we're stuck with it. Uh, but anyways, so why are we exactly, why exactly are we qualified to talk about books, Josh? I feel like I'm very qualified to talk about why I'm qualified to talk about this because I talked about it a little while ago and it got deleted. Okay. No, uh, I, uh, you're really mad about that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> He's really mad. I'm doing a bit. Uh, I, well, I'm going to tell the story again, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago, a guy came into the store and he asked me, why do you specifically think, it's basically him saying, why are you allowed to own a bookstore? What, what qualifies you? And there's no real like degree in used bookstore owning other than just doing it and being resented by all the other old bookstore like angry men for a long time until you've done it long enough and like, okay, you're one of us, now it's it. Uh, in my experience, uh, but I just told him, I don't know, I have all these books, man. But then I frantically started trying to justify why I was allowed to own a bookstore, including several social media postings. Well, yeah, I guess. Or some comments. I gotta get my likes and comments. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's how my self esteem is kept afloat. What's the point of uh, living if you're not getting validation by people you? When you see in a grocery store, you duck out the bread aisle, go to your car, drive two miles, and go to another store, so you want to say hi to them, but you want you want their likes and faves. Oh, yeah. This is a footnote to what Josh just said, and I can confirm that whenever he sees somebody that he knows, he definitely hides and pretends not to see them. Have you actually seen me do that? Yeah. <laughs> Have I done that to you? No, no, okay. no. no. I'm, like, I'm like one of maybe seven people. I would say... 
there's a good baker's dozen mm. that I wouldn't that I wouldn't actively hide from. Because when you come into my work In the world. In the world. Oh, in the entire world. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Counting yeah. your mom. No, I'd hide from her. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I'd well, hide from my dad though. <laughs> you would you would hide from oh, your yeah, dad. Yeah. For anybody who's never been to Bookmarks, talked to Josh, seen any of Josh's online accounts, been to a reading, heard anything about Josh, have any mutual <laughs> friends with Josh, he's got daddy issues. Oh. It's true. <laughs> oh, Lord, do I. <laughs> Is that the major theme in anything I've ever read? Yeah. Wait, are you you're seriously asking that question? Yeah, it was coming to a dark I, truth for myself. <laughs> I think it's well known if you talk to anybody who's been to one of their readings that everything he's writing is interacting with his father. Yeah. Well, I think in the way that all men should want to kill God, our fathers are God, and we should want to kill our fathers, metaphorically. Right? I mean, I like my dad. Well, you, you, I, I'm talking, no, everyone should, I guess. I was going to say it's more a son thing. Yeah, no, you well, should want well, to kill your mother. Well, yeah, I do. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, moms and dads aren't allowed to listen. this is earlier. Mothers and fathers not allowed to listen to this. Wait, and also we should say we're talking metaphorically. Yes. I mean, I am. I don't... <laughs> Purely in a metaphorical, edible sense. Uh... Ma, I love you. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> we act as if either of our parents know how to listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, anyways, so do you feel like you've, uh, explained yourself? <laughs> yeah, I think I was supposed to explain why I'm qualified to talk about books, and I mostly explained why I'm not qualified okay. to be a father. <laughs> yeah. According to some exes, <laughs> I would make a bad father. Don't make me say anything embarrassing about you. <laughs> <laughs> there are things that I have kept secret, dear listener. Not very secret. It's not very secret, but, yeah. you know. Um... Okay, well, um, so in explaining why you're qualified to talk about books, you didn't actually say what uh, what your career is. What is your career? I, I said I own a bookstore. I have all these books. I think you said that the first time. We've said the story like nine times. Uh, okay, well. <laughs> there have been lots of edits. I, I, uh, I have a degree in teaching, in teaching uh, English. Uh, uh, literature, uh, and now I own a bookstore, and there's a lot of books in it, and I own them, so I'm qualified to sell them. <laughs> Just like you're qualified to sell your shit at garage sales. Same thing. Oh. Oh my god. Sorry. Aggressive. Uh, no, I'm, like I said the last time, I'm the LeBron James of the book selling game. Okay, things I'm banning you from, which I already talked about in the last podcast, which I deleted the entirety of, is uh, talking about sports. You added that this time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just realized. Talking about sports, except in passing. And I don't like sports anymore, and I want girls to know that, that I do not like sports. I would like girls to know that he does still like sports. I do not. I absolutely do not. And I call them women. Give this man a medal. He calls women, women. Um, anyways, uh, wrapping up the portion about where we talk about why we're qualified because we we like doth protest too much. Uh, I got my library degree from Mizzou um, in like 2010 or something, and I've librarianed in various places and um, 
run a bunch of book clubs and other librarian things, cleaned a bunch of toilets and other library things. Um, and that is why I am qualified. So let's wrap this up and start talking about books. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is Sheila Hetty. Okay, do do I do the story again? <laughs> we have to do a better job than we did the first time, okay? Okay. Just promise me that. I, no, I'm not going to promise <laughs> you any of that. Okay, so what I mostly just wanted to, to give guys advice on how to slide in DMs. Okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me tell this. <laughs> okay, so um, Josh and I, as the title of the podcast suggests, are in fact exes. We are the rare exes who've managed to stay friends, although we aren't always friends, but right now we're friends. I'm friends with all my exes, except for one who really fucking hates me. <laughs> and that's the one that you... No, I want her to be my friend, just want because... to be your friend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just because I need all of them to be my friends. Is that healthy? I don't know if it's healthy to be I don't friends. think it's healthy. Well, is it healthy to be friends? Uh, sometimes. We're very healthy. Yeah. Our friendship is the picture of health. No, and uh, the, per- the person who I opened the bookstore with was an ex as well. And we have a very healthy friendship. I... <laughs> anyway, no, I'm friends... I'm friend- half, half of this podcast is face expressions. I wish that it were not a podcast. <laughs> yeah, how do we... Let's do a video podcast. Like, <laughs> a video podcast. Uh, like when Rush Limbaugh just live records himself. Like a vlog. We should be vloggers. We should be... What's a Jake Pauler? What is... Who is Jake Paul? I don't know. Anyway. Um. Okay, so so anyways, um, the author, Sheila Hetty, who is a... I would say medium known. Like, if you are a big reader and you're into literary fiction, you've probably come across her at some point. But she's n- probably not well known on, like, the mainstream charts. I don't know. I actually don't I don't even know. know what an author is that, like, my parents would know. You know what I mean? Like... James Patterson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel Grisham. Steele. Um, the, the, like, book du jour. Our favorite authors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more on that later. Um, the book du jour, which is usually called, like, The Girl Who Left. The Girl Who Fell in a Pit. The Girl Who Did Something. T.M. Ingrid Bonenkamp. Um... Around the time Josh and I met, which was about 2012, um, I was reading this book by Sheila Hetty, How Should a Person Be? Um, and in our first early chats, Josh said some dumb things. and I, I... Listen, here's what I did. <laughs> Slid in the DMs, sent a clip from the Miranda July film The Future, in which a cat... Uh, is the narrator. He's the narrator, and it's his journey to... Dying, spoilers for the future, good movie, recommend it, uh, but he dies and gets euthanized because this couple forgets about him, and for some reason I thought, the thing to send to a woman who really likes cats is this cat death video, <laughs> essentially, of the cutest cat in the world, Pop Pop, and him talking in this voice, they had forgotten <laughs> about me, <laughs> because I... I think the night before at the bar, I just kept trying to do this impression and explain it to her, how good this was. And then I was like, here's my here's my big shot. And I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw that video of Miranda July dancing around in a sweater. I and, sent you that one a little bit later. And that cat. In my mind, they're the same video. I, I almost cut my losses and just walked away. That's not true at all. It is true. What? 
Yeah, I was sort of like, Ugh. I mean, okay, I didn't walk These away. These are my moves. <laughs> I know, and I'm telling you now that I am thinking, oh, wow, okay. Well, I mean, okay, that was, that was in 2012. That was six years ago. What is 2018's version of that? I'm not doing any better out there, man. I'm still making the same mistakes. Yeah, what, okay, so what it's still stupid just, movie clip would you send to a woman? I wouldn't send a movie clip anymore. What would you send? Uh, something really stupid. You would send a movie clip. I would send a tweet. No, 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 no. Okay. Were gifts a thing in 2012? I don't think they were. I wouldn't send a gift. I don't like gifts. I'm not a gift guy. You send me gifts. Yeah, but I send gifts to people I don't care about. That's a joke. (laughs) That's a total joke. No, I I occasionally send a gift. And delete (laughs) again. No, I... I've been sending that first reformed gif around a lot. Yeah, so you use gifs. Occasionally. Gifs are twenty twelve or twenty eighteen's version of the Miranda July video. I need a gif of that Miranda July video. Okay, anyways. Um so okay, so Sheila Hetty, a prominent figure in the early days of Josh and mine's relationship. Um, and then of course when we did eventually break up for the ninth time. Um <laughs> uh Naturally, you know, Josh was on a bender and he read, I assume. I was not on a bender at all. This is editorializing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is clear headed (laughs) as much as I ever am. So it was, um, it was to fund. McSweeney. 826. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it 826? Mm-hmm, 86. That would be embarrassing and undermine my credentials as a book professional (laughs) if I got the wrong number there. Um, but it was a fundraiser, um. In which, if you donated one thousand dollars, one thousand dollars, um, <laughs> none other than Sheila Hetty would write a short story about you. And I kind of, Josh and I were chatting, and I kind of joked and was like, eh, "That would be funny if you did that." And he did that. I'm not a guy with like a thousand dollars to spare. This is a very, <laughs> a very bad life choice then that I or still now. regret. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I say that about myself too. Like. I want to think, just with the credit card debt, how much I actually paid for this story. This is like a $20,000 story. Okay, so tell us more about this story. I don't... I, uh, or tell us about the process. How did yeah, she... Yeah, yeah, so she was supposed to interview me, and so she called me. She talked to me on the phone for a while, and uh, basically said, I'm getting nothing here. And yeah. so I was like, well, you can talk to my ex-girlfriend. And then she <laughs> called Ingrid, and I think they just... Like, just talk shit about me the whole time. No, I was very professional because I was talking to one of my literary rivals. Oh, yeah, that's true. Not because, um, there's something you need to know about me, and it's it's that, um, I'm a, wanna, I'm a wannabe writer, and when I say someone's my literary rival, it doesn't mean because they write within the, like, style or genre that I like. It just means that they are a successful person, and therefore, I hate. It's, she, okay, her thing, I want to kill God, who is my father. She wants to kill every successful woman writer within her age range, correct? You see a Kleeman, you see a a Hetty, and you want to unsheath your sword and come at them. Um, I'm trying to decide if that's true or not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just mild resentment. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't know exactly what it is. Sometimes I really like that author, and then they'll be—they're like my 
one of my favorites, but other times I decide that I hate them. Who would you say is one of your favorites that's like that? Oh, you're right. Oh, Kelly Link. Kelly, yeah, Kelly Link is one of my favorite authors ever. I'm actually reading a collection by her right now called Monstrous Affections. And I I got, like, a few stories in before I realized it was actually for the YA set. Not that there's anything wrong with reading that, but I just was like, Yeah, we'll yak with you a little bit later. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I was like, hey, where's all the raunchy sex and bloody gore? And then I realized, oh, this is a YA book. That's also what the YA crowd wants, though. Yes. But um, I would recommend this book for anybody who likes so-called weird fiction. It's a collection um, edited by Kelly Link and her husband, Gavin Grant. Um, It's called Monstrous Affections, and it is just a really beautifully um, put-together anthology of stories about monsters. Various kinds of monsters. Most some literal and some exactly in our, in, inside of us. Exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. Like every author, of course, try, like outdid themselves trying to write a like surprising monster. Like, oh, this is no monster monster. This ain't the monster you're thinking it's gonna be. Like, there's every single one of the stories ends with a character looking to the mirror saying, "Maybe I." <laughs> just reaching out <laughs> at the mirror. No, just kidding. Okay, so obviously I'm not a good writer, but um. <laughs> you're a good writer, but you just don't write. I do write. Okay. Okay. Anyways, this is this is for our writing, <laughs> our podcast on writing. Um, okay. It's so, called Josh Ingrid's Stephen King's on writing. Which is... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, because Josh was at the time emotionally stunted, this was pre-therapy. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it was. it was. When? When you talked to Sheila Hetty. Uh. That's a good question. It, it was probably mid-therapy. Okay, mid-therapy. So he hadn't um, transcended yet. <laughs> Which now I can, yeah. So Sheila Hetty called me on the phone. And now we're going to play a clip. And now, I, oh God, I should have been recording it. Um, honestly, I just don't remember. I don't remember much about it except um, I was very nervous and she sounded very cool. Here's what I remember from her follow-up when she was supposed to call me again is she sent me an email that said, can we just do this over email? I've got some weird house stuff going on, <laughs> which I found today in my email. And we then did. she sent me a really long list of questions, which were like, if you were a color, what color would you be and why? Oh my like, gosh. It was just like really bullshitty, like uh, that kind of, not the kind of thing I'm into. Okay, so here's the thing. This was at least three years ago, right? Yeah. Cause I, yeah. yeah cause I 2015, was... I think. Okay, yeah. And I still have not read this story. Oh, I've read it. I've, <laughs> I've publicly read it before <laughs> at one of our readings at the store, which I guess you didn't come. We're real cool. Real cool. Way to support your friend. <laughs> that was probably when we were friend broken up. Mm, yeah, probably, actually. <laughs> Well, the other thing I was going to say is the first time we were going to record this, and this is why I was thinking about Sheila, Yeah. was we were like, let's do this podcast, and this was like in May, because the topics I had mm. were, I was going to talk about Sheila Hetty and her new book, Motherhood, which I just read and I really liked. I was going to talk about the new season of 13 Reasons Why <laughs> and my soon-to-be hit segment, Yakking with Youth, oh, when I talk about youth stuff. And then we were going to talk about Bob Honey, who just do, <laughs> we were going to talk about Bob Honey, who just do stuff, the future Pulitzer Prize winning uh, Sean Penn novel, 
but that's all I've forgotten all of that. <laughs> Why don't we have any clips of that to read? I, uh, because I don't have a copy of it because no one ever purchased it, so <laughs> no one bought it, brought it to me used. Okay. This is when you should play the serial music. <laughs> we were gonna play the serial music. Oh the... man, we should read the ending of that book. It's so gross. The oh the ending. Oh, it's going for two dollars now online. Uh, on. Yeah, just read the poem at the very end. Do you think it goes that far? Oh, I hope. Yeah. Oh, the stuff about Charlie Rose. Should I, I mean, should I just read it? Wait, what's the what's the worst part? Oh, the Charlie Rose. Yeah, yeah. Go up a little bit more. Louis C.K. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's a quote from the terrible Sean Penn book, Bob Honey, Who Just Do Stuff. Okay, and can I also say, this is the end of the book. This is page 157. This 157-page book. That's what it is. $26. There are no men nor women, only movements on the day. Only movements morph to mayhem, and militaries chip away, whether North Korean missiles are marching Tehran's way. Where did all the laughs go? Are you out there, Louis C.K.? (laughs) 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 Once crucial conversations kept us on our toes, was it really in our interest? To to trample trample Charlie Rose! Rose. And what's with this me too? This infantilizing term of the day? Is this a toddler's crusade? Reducing rape, slut-shaming, and suffrage to reckless child's play? <laughs> Do you want me to keep going? No, we're good there. Okay, okay. So, anyways, um, that's that's a little poem again from the end of the non-best-selling novel Bob Honey Who Just Do Stuff by Sean Penn, I, actor Sean Penn. I want actual like uh, sales numbers for that book because it's got to be like it's got to be Bill Maher bought it, Louis C.K. bought it, Louis C.K. bought it, Charlie Rose bought it, like all of the Me Too guys bought it. Yeah, like, just nodding along. So basically, if you forget what you were doing in May of 2018, because you were drinking hard because 2018 sucked. It was a bad year. Um, although, you know, we've been saying that about it every single year. Yeah, like... Every year is bad because uh, everything's bad. <laughs> Wait, I forgot. I'm an optimist now. Uh... <laughs> Keep smiling and saying that. Yeah. Um, but this was this was sort of like, I forget what exactly was happening, but it was sort of like right at the height of some of the Me Too accusations. Yeah. I, I forget when the, when the Aziz article when the Babe.net article came out. Yeah, I think it was around that time, because Aziz definitely would have made this poem. He would have. If he, he could have write, find something around with, and sorry. Yeah. Oh, it would have been like, sorry, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. But but so of all the things that Sean Penn could have talked about, and Sean Penn, who, as we all know, is sort of like entrenched in the like Hollywood activist scene. He's also a dirtbag. Like, He's kind I, of a dirtbag. Yeah, I, I don't want to be litigious, but he did does beat women, right? Or did. Allegedly so. Or was he act- did he actually... I don't... I mean... I think he was never convicted. I mean, but probably. But a, a scumbag. You know what I mean? A he's, scumbag. He's one of those Hollywood liberals who, like Alec Baldwin, who is an absolute piece of shit in their real life, but they think that they're okay because they support the right things. Mm. Like, I, I hate those people more than I hate actual, like, conservative, like, fascist-type people. 
You can edit this if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let it stand on the record. Josh hates Alec Baldwin more than fascists. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, I hate those hypocritical, like, actor types who, like, they're both abusive guys, mm-hmm. but they still act like they're better than Donald Trump. They're not. Yeah. Like, they would all hang out with Donald Trump in a different context. They would all be on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. This has been a thought by Josh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's weird Twitter stuff. No, that's just normal thoughts. Anyways, the point that I'm trying to make is right at that moment in history, why would you, you know, supposedly a defender of women's rights and, and all of that stuff, um, why would you write a poem to end out your first novel about how Louis C.K. and Charlie Rose were unfairly trampled <laughs> in the Me Too movement. I don't know. Just I, I honestly think it's just because there's no consequences for you. Because you're a rich person. No one, everyone around you is a yes person. Well, I think I think at that time the Me Too movement had been around long enough that it was starting. There was starting to be some backlash. Um, some of it maybe like slightly justified, but a lot of it like I think at that time a lot of mostly white dudes sort of jumped on the train and were like, yeah, we've gone too far. Um, <laughs> They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been waiting for this. Yeah, so that's essentially, so I think that Sean Penn probably felt like he was being like, like so, pro- so progressive that he w- was like, you know, ahead of the other progressives in calling out the Me Too movement. Maybe. I just think he's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm saying... I'm saying he is a bad guy. <laughs> no, oh, but I'm saying he authentically felt that from the beginning, mm-hmm. where now my friends are getting roped in, and I think this is bullshit. Yeah. And also, he's one of those guys who like had binoculars, and he's like, oh, no, they're coming for me next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I might not get to make my 90th mediocre movie in a row. Ooh. Name the last good Sean Penn movie. Mystic, Mystic River? River? 2003, right? 2002? 2003. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Has he even been in the movies? No, he has. He's He cranks out movies no one cares about. Anyway, this is the Sean Penn cast. And <laughs> <laughs> this is just the Bob Honey Who Just Do Stuff <laughs> exclusive cast. Bob Honey Who Just Podcasts. You already told me that another podcast does that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, what's on your list here? Oh, no, we're out of them. Uh, oh, I, no, that was on your well, the other things I was going to talk about, I've talked about that, I've talked about that. Uh, this was a thing that we were going to talk about in May. We were going to talk about the new hot movie book club and how we are going to review it next week, starring uh, Diane Keaton and Mary oh. Steenburgen, but that a was movie. in May. <laughs> Wait, Mary, how do you say her name? Steenburgen. Steenburgen. Really? How did you say it? Steinburgen? It's Steenburgen. I promise it's Steenburgen. I need to look it <laughs> up. Oh, interesting. I thought it was Steenburger. That's why I was... Steenburger? <laughs> what? Burger is a legitimate ending to your name. Which is a movie about how they have a book club, they all read Fifty Shades of Grey, and they all just start smashing dudes. It's not terrible. It's, an... <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible. It's honestly not. I'm not going to be roped into a discussion on the May 2018 hit movie book club yeah you could have been though if we were reporting again in June <laughs> we 2018 
we're trying to make this timeless, so let's stop dating ourselves by by only commenting on Bob Honey and book club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I think Bob Honey will stand the test of time, and <laughs> it didn't get itself at all with a weird ending poem about Charlie Rose <laughs> and his innocence. And Louis C.K. Um, so let's talk about what we're reading right now. What are you reading? So I've been in a book slump, and uh, I'm a bad bookstore owner, and I haven't been reading a lot lately. What? I, I really haven't. Uh, I looked at my Goodreads today, and... Uh, with one month left in the year, I'm 24 books behind schedule, so I have to read about 40 more books to hit my goal. Have you read um, The Pigeon Books by Mo Willem? <laughs> <laughs> I read uh, a... What was the name of it? It's by Sarah Andrews. Is that her name? She has a cartoon that's straight. It's about cats. It was called Cat Herder? Herding Cats? Herding Cats. Oh, uh, Herding Cats, yeah. Is that is that her name? Sarah Anderson? Sarah Andrews? Something like that. Uh, it was cute. It took me about... 20 minutes to read. <laughs> yeah, Herding Cats is cute, but I don't remember that. And I read it while I paced around the bookstore, which is how I get my exercise when no one's in the store. And I'm reading Priest Daddy right now, which I really like, but I'm, oh, not, nice. I'm not far enough to say. You're having the book club on it, right? Yes, next week. I'm trying to help you out here. But oh, thank you. Like... Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's really good. <laughs> but by the time we finish this, it'll be like two months past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm... Okay. <laughs> we'll so... finish this in May 2019. I'm just going <laughs> to throwing 19s over 18s yeah um so um i'm in a can i say shit shit fuck shit. yeah shit okay i'm in a shit ton of book clubs and um <laughs> in one of them we read breakfast at tiffany's which is just as racist as the movie version Ooh, is that the first time you read it yeah i'd never read it before i love it i know i really i really liked it too um but if you, if you've never seen the Mickey Rooney of a photo of Mickey Rooney in the film, pause this and Google it, because it's the most racist thing I've ever seen. Or or don't even Google it. Just imagine the most racist uh, Japanese stereotype that you can. No, and, Google it though. And uh, Google it if you want. It's a free country. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay. Well, the other book I'm reading right now is. One I just got in at the library called The End of the End of the Earth, Essays by Jonathan Franzen. Um, 30 essays about birds, I'm guessing. Okay, on the cover is birds. And if you don't know anything about, if you don't hate read about Jonathan Franzen <laughs> like Josh and I do, um, you would not know this, because why would you? But he is a big birder, like a big birder. He's <laughs> the uh, author photo is him kissing Big Bird on the mouth. <laughs> He's obsessed with birding, as in traveling to other countries and like, like compiling lists of the birds that he sees. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's a valid. You can enjoy whatever hobby you a want. Valid it's hobby fine, for rich people. But it seems so boring to me. <laughs> but um, I mainly the main reason that I. Like, the main thing that I have against birding is that Jonathan Franzen likes it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I knew a birder, and I didn't resent him. Jonathan Franzen looked at <laughs> one sparrow, and I'm like, this fucking guy. Well, well, in his essays, he's he's just talking about... Um, I, I'm not all the way through the book yet, but um, he's just talking about, like, his wanton travels to all these countries around the world, and it just makes me so mad that he got rich off of purity. 
which I'm actually staring at a copy on the shelf of yeah, Josh's bookstore right now. You can't of purity, though. Yeah, but some of that money is purity money. I thought purity kind of flopped. It was freedom that which had us a bird on the cover. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, obviously the corrections and uh, freedom yeah. are were more popular, but he made some money off of purity. Yeah. So, ha- so like, maybe this plane ticket was Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that big purity money. Um, anyways, so in his essays, he's just, you know, traveling around and being rude to people, selling him muffins and stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, in his defense, if he wasn't traveling, he'd be being rude to local people selling him <laughs> yeah. muffins. I think when, um, I think when this, uh, vendetta between, this mutual vendetta between Jonathan Franzen and I began, um, it was when he first said, a fact which I, I kind of secretly know to be true, but I don't want to hear it, which is that having ber- having uh, cats is actually really bad. Uh, outdoor cats is actually really bad for the local bird population. Um, I mean, two of my cats are... I've got three cats. Two of my cats are very clumsy and, and couldn't catch a bird, so um, they're exempt. But the other one really does kill a lot of birds, especially in the spring. The other one brings them to you as, as like a, a sacrifice offering to you. Like you're his stepped, god. I've stepped on a bird's heart before. <laughs> a heart! So you feel guilty. That's why you don't like Franzen. No, no, no. That's just a small part. I mean, that's when I first was a little bit like, I, I bristled at him. But then I read more of his fiction and I decided that also I disliked him. Um, so if, if you follow book news like Josh and I try to do... Um, as book professionals, we need like a like a sound to play every time we say <laughs> book professionals. Um, you would know that he's Jonathan Franzen is sort of an unlikable character in the news. Like, not that you have to be likable as an author, um, but he um, he just rubs everybody. He's the wrong way. kind of like Lena Dunham, in which he's someone that everyone loves to hate. Like they're like, I saw he was trending on Twitter last week or two weeks ago. I didn't even click on it. I was like, I don't even want to get into why everyone hates Franzen today. I'm sure it's a good reason. But what are some of the things he's done? He he shat upon Jennifer Weiner. Weiner, yeah. I always call her Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm the... Um, it basically, I, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it was basically one of those, like... Well, maybe if women were real writers, they would get interviewed by the New York Book Times. He was talking about how... she She was writing about how... The New York Review of Books doesn't review women. reviews far fewer books by women. I think he was like, "Well, maybe you'll write a little bit better. Yeah, maybe yeah. you'll get reviewed." Yeah, I mean his his argument was literally, which I mean, if you don't know um, Jennifer Weiner, she she writes. Um, I mean, don't it's use, not don't use the term. What? <laughs> <laughs> Josh just whispered, "Chicklet." Um, but that's what she's mostly associated with. Like, she came of age in the pastel color, or pastel cover of book. Yeah, like, like some of her novels, at least, would not be out of place with, like, a martini glass and a high heel on the cover. Yeah, or at least that's how she kind of blew up. Like, she's a little better than that, but she's not... <laughs> well, okay, okay. I'll... She's not the best example, but her argument was right. Before we fall into a hole here... Let um, me read my poem. Where have you gone, Charlie Rose? Uh, where have you gone, Jonathan Franzen? <clears throat> where did all the critical theory go, Harold Bloom? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, so the point is that 
yeah, there are definitely valid, <laughs> valid uh, discussions to be had about why so-called chiclet is like shallow and uh, reinforces like capitalist blah blah blahs and stuff. But the point of the matter was that she had made news with this, and Jonathan Franzen like came out of his hole just to be like. <laughs> Actually, maybe well, if ladies, maybe if women wrote better, they would. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, in in which I would say the ma- the majority of literary fiction writers at this point, at least serious ones, are women. Yeah. Right. Um. I don't know. I'd have to look at the number. What. One thing that I think is interesting, working at the library and seeing, like, all the new books come in and, um, like, mystery, mystery and horror is often dominated by, by female authors. You know what's really interesting is all of the male authors that are trying to hide their maleness to write thrillers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, The Woman in the Window, A.J. Finn, didn't put his author photo on there. A.J. <gasps> Finn a is a man? Yes, I know. What? Yeah, I just read that. Uh, uh, I read that book and I looked him up. Was it good? It's okay. Uh, but there's another fiction. one. There was another one. Uh, there was the same thing. Oh, uh, Riley, the Final Girls. That's a man. That's a man. Yes, using a female pseudonym no! to yes to try to appeal to the genre. You guys need to stop woman facing. Any, I will say this: if if you Open that dust jacket, and there's no author photo, and it's a thriller. It's a man. It's a man. It's a man. It's a man. It's a man trying to pretend having a name that's not his given name to Mm. try to – he's writing about a wine mom who's an unreliable narrator and trying to make you think that it was written by a woman. And (laughs) – Riley and AJ are sitting out there listening to this podcast <laughs> for some reason, and they're like crying into their wine and saying, but I just want to write the type of fiction I feel passionate about, and nobody would publish me under a man's name. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reverse of George Sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Not true at all. I, I feel, yeah, I feel like they would do fine with men. Like, I don't think that women won't read men, but I feel like men won't read women in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some subtle psychological thing where if somebody sees a book that falls within a certain, like, the popular thriller about, like, a woman who has disappeared, which they're all about now. Which um, both of those ones. Both of those literally yeah. are about that. Um, maybe there's, like, some subtle psychological thing where if you see it's a man's name, you're like, hmm, that's not, like, Jillian Flynn. I don't want to read this. Right. Uh, so, um, now what I'm going to do is read these ten rules for novelists that um, – Jonathan Franzen has in his new essay collection. There's only 10. It's very short. It's one page. And Josh and I will discuss. And I have not read these specifically because, one, I don't want to. You're going to want to after this. No, I know. But I think it will be funnier if I just respond to these horrible. Okay. It's called 10 Rules for the Novelist. Jonathan Franzen, 2018. One, the reader is a friend, not an adversary, not a spectator. I think you, the reader's like your father. You should want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the reader is like Bob Honey. He just do stuff. <laughs> That's gonna you be... never know what he's what he going to do. <laughs> but you know it's going to be stuff. 
and you know it's going to be pro Louis C.K. Right, pro Charlie yeah. Rose. Look, anti Me Too. Free them. <laughs> oh wait, they haven't gone anywhere. They're uh, still just uh, rich guys living their lives. They're still like super rich. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. Rule number two: Fiction that isn't an author's personal adventure into the frightening or the unknown isn't worth writing for anything but money. So I think that's just like bad advice because. I mean, like that. This is him trying to write a sixteen-year-old girl. You know what I mean? Like, is that what he means? Like, well, it has to be something new to you. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. I think what he's saying. Don't write what you know. Write what you know nothing about. Yeah, like you should be really scared. You should be so scared when you're writing that you have to take like a Xanax with a, a glass of whiskey, or you're not a real writer. I mean, n- neither of us are contesting that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, three, never use the word then as a conjunction. We have and for this purpose. Substituting then is the lazy or tone-deaf writer's non-solution to the problem of too many ands on the page. So, like, for this one, I just feel like, I mean, you've got ten rules, your ten most important <laughs> rules, and this is one that you choose? This is him trying to get to, like, sometimes on those Letterman top ten lists, there was, like, a couple of really bad jokes where it's just like, we got to come up with 10 tonight, man. Yeah. That's yeah, it. It's like, like that. Well, I've got a really thing where I'm mad about a conjunction. It's like, like to all the, this like generation of young wannabe writers, it doesn't matter how terrible of a writer you are. Just like, if you stop using then as a conjunction, you'll automatically be a novelist. <laughs> no semicolons or. <laughs> yeah. Um, Write in third person unless a really distinctive first person voice offers itself irresistibly. I don't disagree with that. I like, really. yeah, I like semi agree with that one. I think that first person works in some cases, but it's kind of like the the um, uh, what's his name the the Robert McKee thing about movie voiceover narration where he says never use it, which I think it can it often is lazy when it's used like the record scratch like there i was like that kind of yeah thing. yeah but it can be used effectively but yeah it definitely can so i guess i mean i guess i have to concede that i agree with but that's him. also an kind of an obvious thing that like any like i feel like that's the type of rule that is really important to teach like really young writers right i would like, tell like a ninth grader that yeah yeah if you're teaching a high school creative writing or like even a freshman in college creative writing class just be like because actually, college is probably an important time to say it because everybody in college wants to be like, I'm I was edgy. at a party this weekend, yeah. and guess what I did? Yeah, or just like, like they they try to be stylistically edgy by doing, you know, simply by transferring everything to first. Let person. me, oh, if I could find this like story I wrote in Chuck Palnick style from freshman year, <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> we all we all have some of those. Oh man, it's so. <laughs> I deleted all of mine, but and. The teacher was like, this is so good. And I was like, if you could just see how much I was just like. Are you humble bragging? No, I'm not. Because it was terrible. And she was wrong. Okay. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, number five. When information becomes free and universally accessible, voluminous research for a novel is devalued along with it. He's basically. Okay. That's the other thing about Franzen. He's a known he's, internet hater. He's he a grandpa. He's a grandpa. He if you don't go to, if you don't go look it up on microfiche, the research doesn't count. Like if so if I mean, you're not in that Dewey Decimal like card catalog. I mean, he's literally saying, and this isn't his rules for writers, and it's not even a rule because we live in a world in which information is free and universally accessible for the most part. So he's basically just saying, 
this is a fact. I, I don't know. It's not really a rule. Um, and also, that is stupid that easily accessible in, uh, information devalues the research for the novel. That's just stupid. No, completely agree. All right, good. Thank God. Okay, number six. The most purely autobiographical fiction requires pure invention. Nobody ever wrote a more autobiographical story than The Metamorphosis. I mean... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing beyond to say. Like, I see I what he's saying. Yeah, okay. All right, that's all you can say. Seven. You see more sitting still than chasing after. Says just, the guy who's, like, chasing birds all of The, the guy world. that's sitting still, just, like, staring up at uh, a, a, a cardinal. <laughs> yeah. That's but, why but not a cardinal, because it's like, I'm from St. Louis. I've seen these before. Like this is boring to me. This is what any, uh, any bland Midwesterner would see. I am a yeah. columnist. Yeah, he's sitting there in Ecuador. Um, okay, again, dumb. Not, I mean, I guess there's some truth to it. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So the, the best of these rules are, yeah, fine. Like, that's obvious, or... <laughs> yeah. Like, that, I don't actively disagree with that. If something is self-evident to me, it's not that good of a rule. <laughs> as, as the podcast dumb guy. Stop cutting yourself down. You're smart. Ish. <laughs> You're smartish. <laughs> um, definitely smarter than me. Anyway, go on. Aw, there's a reason we're still friends. Okay. <laughs> because I build you up. <laughs> you you uh, knocked me down. I hate myself enough to bring you up. That's a joke. Anyway, you, go on. You knocked me down pretty hard. Um, oh, yeah. Don't say that. Okay. <clears throat> Editing all of that out. Um, okay, eight. It's doubtful that anyone with an internet connection at his workplace is writing good fiction. First of all... A lot of funny things in this passage. <laughs> <laughs> and I think your first objection will be the... This! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Franzen. <laughs> but, but also, like, I'm pretty sure that he's probably the only male author, since we're just talking about males, apparently. He's probably the only male author writing fiction without the internet. And, <laughs> okay, just thinking of male authors who... And I think we... This is a rule I heard before, and I might have talked about this before, or that I heard before. Like, thinking of male authors of his class that are definitely online guys are Shabon, uh, Diaz, Lethem. Yeah. Like, they're maybe a little bit younger. I don't know. But they've all won Pulitzer's as well. And they were, all, they were all, like, first, like, at the peak of their popularity around the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't imagine Lethem... And they're all kind of nerdy guys. Lethem probably would never be me too. I actually don't know at all. <laughs> I, I like Lethem. I I like Lethem. Yeah. Uh, I, but I don't think any of those guys would agree with that. And I think they're all better. I yeah, I think they are, are all better writers than him. Yeah. And I uh, yeah, that's just such an idiotic thing to say. And such a this is something I don't like. So I'm just gonna claim it's a universal yeah yeah and i hate that and the best writer of our of our generation of anyone's generation really uh is very online brent easton ellis <laughs> oh, shut up. you know what when you said that i was 100 percent convinced you were going to say that I was gonna... george saunders oh well yeah favorite author i would say he's a far better and more interesting writer than franzen oh yeah i mean of course and he is. he's he's online is he? I don't know if he... He posts on, on Facebook, but, but I, I mean, think that's, like, someone doing porn. I mean, again, it's, like, 
we're just being stupid because it's late at night and we've had, in Josh's case, two, and in my case, one beer. Um, but, like, I, I get what he's saying. Like, he, what he's, obviously what he's saying is male and female authors, um, you know, like, disconnect your internet when you're writing so you don't get easily distracted and you focus on the actual work and, like, you know, write notes and do your research later or earlier or whatever you need to do. But, um... <clears throat> It's not doubtful that anyone with an internet connection right. <laughs> has ever published good fiction. Anyways, this is dumb. Moving on. Okay, number nine. Interesting verbs are seldom very interesting. I. You can overdo. You can overdo it as with anything. That's another one. I'm just saying. Fine. You know, fine, what I mean? like. Fine, fine. I I would say when people, especially at the end of a sentence, instead of just saying he said, she said exclaimed whatever when they try to be like yeah he juxtaposed you know what I mean? like, yeah yeah when, when they when people try to it's any flowery Attribute. language can uh can make fiction less accessible yeah like sometimes just saying you know sometimes just saying he said or she said or they said yeah um that you know it does what it's supposed to do which it moves the moves the plot along or whatever without being distracting um so he's obviously trying to make the same point about verbs, but that's just me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So the rule for the last one is you can't laugh. Okay. And I mean it. Okay. Number 10. You have to love before you can be relentless. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you said that one to me earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that even mean? It, that is just like the most like, something that you would see like posted on someone's like yoga studio wall yes. you know what I mean like above yeah. someone's bed in their room next yeah, to like, pictures of like little kids holding flowers kissing like just like target like mumbo jumbo that means yeah nothing. yeah or like yeah like the background is a, a beach with footprints walking in it or something <laughs> love before you can be <laughs> it's spelled out in little rocks in their yeah. garden yeah so that's him so anyways um case you're interested in checking out the rest of the book that was <laughs> the end of the end of the earth Essays by Jonathan Franzen. The best reading rainbow segment. <laughs> in, in case you're interested in this bullshit that sucks. Um, I don't have anything else to say to you. No. Uh, how do we sign off? Let us know online if you have any corrections. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I just looked over the saw the corrections. Uh. Um, okay. Well, thanks for listening to our silly little podcast, and we promise we'll get better. Yeah, and that's, like I say at the end of every therapy session, I promise next week I'll be better. <laughs> You've also promised me that. Yeah, I'm not getting better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Make it stop. <laughs>